Hello, and welcome to another riveting episode of Crusher Talk with your friend, Haley Crusher Kane, coming to you from my closet in Detroit. If you do hear any sort of noises in the background, that would just be Dr. Kane, who is working on the flooring in the other room. And the house is so small that even though I am deep within my closet and I have two rooms between us, including a kitchen, you may be able to hear it. Um, hopefully you guys are having a good week. Uh, I wanted to start off strong with, I'm just totally deciding that Craveworthy has to come first. And that's just me because I'm always thinking about the next delicious thing I'm going to eat or the last delicious thing I did eat. And um, this week it was pretty easy to pick my Craveworthy um, because I have this list I think I might have mentioned before of things that I would like to do in the Detroit area and many of them are food related and one of them is Bray's Burgers which is a small family owned burger stand that has a donkey, a large maybe even life size donkey on top of the burger stand which that alone is enough to make me want to stop and figure out what's going on but also finding out that they're family owned and looking at the prices of the food. It's like a total throwback blast from the past menu. Um, you can get bigger burgers, like, um, but they're known for their sliders. And their sliders are like $189. The cheeseburgers are $209. Um, they're known for their bags of sliders. Um, so I definitely did the two sliders, which I think was... Two sliders was too much for me, but one slider would not have been enough, which is a very smart sales tactic because I was I was like a one and a half slider gal. Um, I think a good burger, a good burger should have your hands smelling like onions for at least 48 hours. So if you have a really good hamburger, not unlike a really good burrito, you're just going to like smell of hamburger because there's juices, there's onion, there's pickle juice. It's a very stinky meal. And I'm into that. And Braze did not disappoint in this department. Um, I do have to tell you, one of the things I really enjoyed about this burger and what I think makes it unique or special in my opinion, first of all, the size. It's like bigger than a normal slider, but smaller than a normal burger, if that makes sense. So it's just kind of a unique size. Um I would say the meat patty is about as big, like for the sliders, as big as maybe like a coaster, maybe a little smaller. But the real thing that I loved about this burger is it comes with really good pickles. And a good pickle is very important for a burger, but these are small meat patties with large, like quarter size nickel, nickels. <laughs> quarter size pickles on top. So every bite you're getting a delicious bit of the pickle and it's just covering the entire patty, which is very important to me. I, when I order a McDonald's, which I rarely ever get burgers at McDonald's, but if for some reason we're on the road and we do, I always get extra ketchup, extra pickles. Cause I just feel like I need to have that. And now that I live in Detroit, it's all about extra mustard because mustard is just so celebrated here as a Midwestern thing. And also with the Polish influence, there are so many good mustards. Like you, you got to try the mustards. Um, for this burger, I just did the mustard and there's grilled onions on it. I mean, come on, grilled onions. So good. That just comes with it. Okay. Grilled onions, mustard, and the big ass pickles that were fantastic. I don't want to say they were dill pickles because I'm not actually sure what kind of pickles they were. 
Um, but yeah, Bray's has been around like since the 1950s. We were talking to, and I guess they make their own potato chips. Did not know that. So I need to go back and get the potato chips. Um, I noticed that the two gals working behind the counter looked really similar. And we're, Reed and I were like, are they sisters? And we, we asked and they were like, oh yeah, we're sisters. And then we're like, is the guy, other guy you're working with your brother? And they're like, yeah. I mean, it's just totally family owned. And I, I love that because a lot of people will say something is family owned or talk about how quaint or delightful and charming and homespun it is, but it's not. And this is just like your little 50s burger stand that just popped popped up um, from the past here to uh, bring you back to a time when sock hops and drive-ins and car hops were a thing. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, I do want to also mention, now this, because we're talking about burgers right now, I am a West Coast California girl, so of course In-N-Out Burger is like, you know, that's gospel to me. You can't mess that up. Animal style fries, animal style burger with that delicious Thousand Island. Now, this is going to sound like so sacrilegious, but there is a burger joint in my neighborhood, which as I've told you guys is mostly uh, people from Bangladesh and Yemen. So this is kind of out, out there, out of left field. There is a burger stand that's walking distance from my house called LA Burgers with a Z at the end. And when I tell you that their knockoff dupe of the classic In-N-Out burger is better than In-N-Out, I'm not kidding. It is better than In-N-Out. And (laughs) I cannot believe it. Every time I eat it, I'm like, I'm never going to miss In-N-Out. The fries, it's hard to do an In-N-Out fry, like an an In-N-Out fry that's just a plain, because they're, you know, they're very plain and potato-y, but the burger itself has the right everything down to that Thousand Island animal style vibe. So I just have to put that out there. Um, I know that Shake Shack is sort of the East Coast equivalent of In-N-Out, and I have had the chicken, fried chicken sandwich there, which was really good. And I did try a bite of a burger, but I do need to research that more and really go for it and do a full Shake Shack experience. If you are experienced with Shake Shack and you have a suggestion for me, please let me know because sometimes I just go into a place and I'm just in the mood for something and I get, I just get whatever I'm in the mood for. But really what I should be doing is asking the locals and asking people that know and getting a true experience. So um, that is my crave worthy. Um, I did actually make some really good, I made a really good beef stew and a really good Italian pasta and bean soup, but they just were there. There was no competition between this week. I mean, it had to be braised burgers. They're just doing something right over there. Um, all right. On to headlines. Um, I, last week I told you guys about my in-ear monitors and purchasing those and, my my foray into a new kind of performance as a result of having your monitors in your ears, the theory is you should be able to sing better with more clarity and with less effort. You're going to have less of the yelling, less of the forcing, less of the blown out vocal cords, um, and more confidence on stage knowing what you're doing and knowing you can hear everything that's going on. Whereas Many times you don't hear what's happening, amps are too loud or whatnot, and you're just getting an inconsistent sound mix every time at every show. 
Well, I'm happy to tell you that yes, these in-ear monitors absolutely changed the game for me. Um, We played a show at Old Miami last weekend, and oh my gosh, that was a really fun show. Thank you to everyone who came out. If you're listening, I know that there's only a few Detroit people that listen to Crusher Talk, but if you are listening and you were there, just know that you really came at the right time. I mean, man, we've had two week-long tours um, that we you know, kind of called our modern adult kicks record release tour and not to poo poo that tour or say it was terrible because it wasn't terrible. And there was a lot of good things, but it also was definitely not as robust or enthusiastic as pre COVID or even in like the spring. I feel like spring versus fall was just like this kind of downward curve, I think because of the economy and people not wanting to go out as much and, you know, COVID coming back and all this stuff. Um, we haven't had a show that was so energetic in a long time in terms of the audience turnout and participation. In fact, I asked Dr. Kane a minute ago, I said, what's your favorite part of the show we played at old Miami? And he said, the audience, the the enthusiasm, the energy of the crowd. And that is always such a huge X factor that just completely not dictates the event you're going to have, but it's really like a give and take symbiotic relationship between the people on stage, the people in the audience, there's not, I believe that there should not be too much of a division there and that there should be this exchange of energy flowing. And that certainly was happening. Now this show is not about us in any way, shape or form. We were simply asked to open, which is actually our favorite slot is either opening or middle. We love to play early, especially in a late, late city like Detroit where things start at 9 PM or later. Um, We were opening for the band Lollygagger out of Chicago. That is a really really talented um, three-piece metal band that just personifies what a a really good three-piece can do. They're all really solid players. And the headliner of the evening was the Detroit Party Marching Band, which I had heard lots about. They're kind of a local legend here in Detroit and a longtime fixture. And from what I heard at the show, most people said, you know, they just show up out of nowhere and start playing. So it's very unique to go to a show that they are playing and they're all on a stage. Normally they would, it's more like a New Orleans style, Mardi Gras parade style, just marching around. And, you know, I was doing sound check and some people with the drums, like the drum line kind of drums, like port mobile drums were showing up and people were showing up with horns and things. And there's 19 members in total that played on that night. And, there was definitely some like, oh no, where should we put all of these instruments? Because there was no green room, no place to put them. And you got to really admire a band that can um, show up with 19 people and pull it off. Not only pull it off, but just get the crowd so energized. Um, It's, there's no vocals. It's all, you know, like a kind of a New Orleans style marching band. Um, you know, people are wearing fun outfits. There's some, there was a guy in a glitter hat, you know, there were different instruments. Like, I think there was a flute at one point that came into the audience. Many, many instruments came into the audience. It was just a very packed house. So I was not even able to get like right in front of the stage for them. Um, and that was really fun. And then for me, okay, my favorite part of the show. So I think I told you guys last week, Dr. Kane tweaked his back. You know, he is an elder punk rocker and these things do happen. Usually, Usually in a very lame way, it's always like, 
oh, I'm getting up and I'm suddenly hurting myself or I'm picking up a box of something and I twist it. It's not even a heavy box. Twisting my back in an awkward way. So that's basically what happened to him. And he hurt his back during practice in a basement with a full flight of stairs he had to ascend to get out of that basement. And yes, it was a bit stressful. Um, Also, knowing that the show was in a few days was also very stressful. But um, he really hit the stage at about 75%. And then he told me that while he was playing, he his, his back kind of snapped into place. Like he was doing fine. And that's incredible. I mean, that's not something that it's actually happened once for him before where he's played and it like something about playing like gets him back where he needs to be. But uh, a few days of bed rest and lidocaine patches and icing and heating really paid off. And there was this one moment where so Ryan from the band, the Lowcox, has been playing lead guitar for us. We also have been having um, Brendan Reeves Golda on drums, who's amazing. But um, Ryan was he's funny. He has a a wireless guitar. He was playing a, his big orange Gretsch and he had a wireless setup. And so he was able to jump onto one of the monitors that was maybe, I don't know, two and a half, three feet tall and play on top of the monitor. And at one point I look up and not only is Ryan playing on one of the monitors to my left, but my husband is playing on the right monitor on the right hand side of me. And they're like dueling monitor playing, which my first thought was like, oh, God, please, please don't fall. This is like the worst way to go out. But um, nobody fell. It all worked out. It was just a kind of a sweet moment. And yeah, it was a really, really great way to get back into the swing of things after our New Year's Eve show in Indy, which actually I should say was an incredible show as well. So I guess we're just starting off the year with like a super awesome bang. Um, Let's keep that shit going. Okay. Um, let's see what's next. Uh, um, I stepped on. <laughs> so as I, I mentioned earlier, Dr. Kane is working on our floors. We've had basically a particle board on the floor for a while. Don't mind me. I'm just having a little sip of water here. And, um, we've just had, uh, in the kitchen we have like three layers of floors, like one from the thirties, one from the sixties, one from the eighties, just kind of peeking through so that there's debris. Okay. There's debris. We've, we've gotten multiple splinters in our fingers and our feet in this house. And we know not to wear, we know not to go barefoot in this house. And yet I did one night go barefoot and I stepped on something. It was very painful. I thought I'd stepped on a goat head or some sort of tree residue, some sort of Oh my God, this is really loud. I did ask him if he was going to be doing anything loud. He's actually mixing grout right now for our um, foyer, which we're going to do like a little tile, like entryway. I say foyer and it's it's funny because it's this tiny little space right in front of the door, but I think it'll be like a really cute miniature sort of pimp (laughs) feature, a kind of plush feature for what we are calling the gnome domicile, the gnome dome. Um, anyways, I stepped on something and I was in so much pain. I couldn't get it out. Uh, Reed couldn't get it out. He used his, um, exacto knife to try to get it out. And that, that did not work. We used, uh, all sorts of methods. I won't even get into that part because it doesn't even matter. We tried, we tried. Um, so I ended up going to the doc to uh, urgent care actually, because my doctor was not 
picking up it soon enough. And this happened, I believe, the day before the show, I want to say. Yeah, the day before the show. And I was, like, literally limping. Like, there was something in my foot. And we thought it was either metal, glass, wood, whatever. But we just could not get it out. And so I went to the doctor. And <clears throat> he was really friendly and nice. Luckily, he was very honest with me. He was like, hey, there's a less than 50% chance I'm going to get this thing out of your foot. <clears throat> Do you really want to deal with this? And he also said it's extremely painful to stick needles that numb your foot into your heel because your foot is a very sensitive area and it was deep into my heel, like the ball of my foot, you know, um, not the back of my heel, which is not as bad. So I was, I knew we, I knew I couldn't play the show. It would just be a disaster. Like no mat, no shoe that I wore was going to work. And especially, you know, just, you just move without thinking on stage. Like I can't not move or not stand on it. So I just said, you know what, go for it. Get it, get in there. So he put many, many shots of numbing stuff into my foot. And oh my God, that was way worse. It was so painful. I hadn't had something like that happen to me in a really long time. Um, in terms of like, I don't know, just a medical procedure where you're, you know, you signed up for it and you're like, what did I do? I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have said yes. Um, but despite that, he was able to get half of the stupid splinter out, which was enough so that I could actually perform, which I was really grateful for. Um, but now I have learned my lesson. I think this was probably the worst, probably the worst, like, I guess, splinter incident I've ever had in my life in terms of pain and swelling. Um, I will never go barefoot again. And the fact that flooring is happening in our house is just a miracle. It really is. It feels like we are millionaires and we have won the lottery and every little upgrade that we get from the most bare bones, basic construction zone life into slightly more of a human life is like a huge celebration. So we're treating it like that. Um, anyone who's remodeled a house or bought a fixer upper probably knows how I feel. And we're taking every opportunity to be just celebrating the wins all along the way. So this week, in fact, last night was our first night sleeping in a bedroom. We have a room that's going to be our studio slash office space um, that is now pretty much fully floored and we've painted part of it and we were able to put our mattress in there and suddenly you guys, it feels like we're people again and that's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's very exciting to have a room. Um, if you don't get what I'm saying and you just sound so basic and weird, I mean, I, I think you just have to go through it. You have to live through the construction zone to understand it. Um, what else? What else? Oh, so word of the year. So I took a little time this year to think about words of the year and Dr. Kane did as well. I really like working with a work word of the year. This is like my third year maybe, or maybe it's only my second year. I don't know. Um, it's pretty recent in my life, but last year's word, which was dance really helped me a lot. Um, it's almost like having a theme or a mascot that you just can think about anytime you're like, well, what should I do? You just, it's almost like when you when you have a mantra that is like living with less fear. So you just think like, what's the less fearful decision? You can always ask that question, whether it's, should I go out to this social event where I don't know anyone or should I try this food or whatever? You just think, well, what's the thing that's the less fearful decision? It makes it just so simple. It makes life simple. It reminds you that you're 
every little day of your life is like your rudder is moving a tiny bit and yet all those days pulled together over, you know, 365 days is really going to steer your ship. So having a deliberate word, or even if it's just a mantra or like a sentence, it can be really helpful. So my word of the year this year is faith, which (laughs) is hilarious because I did not grow up religious and I don't love the word faith, but I really can't find a good synonym to like match it in terms of like potency. And it's just really about this. I feel like this move and moving here and just where we've gotten to in our musical journey. Um, it's all been a lot of like pushing and trying and efforting and kicking down doors and all those things are wonderful. But I think this year, 2023 is a little bit of faith and knowing that things will come to us and to not push too much because sometimes when you push, you actually repel and it can be good to allow what is meant to come to you to come to you. And to also realize that when you push and push and push, it's like you're sowing seeds everywhere. Um, seeds that you don't even know you've sown. And so if you don't give there, if you don't have the opportunity or the openness to let those seeds grow and for things to come to fruition, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I, I'm, it's hard for me to not push. Um, so I think in my mind, faith is a way of leaning back, having trust, feeling held, you know, by the universe and by just myself and just feeling like, you know, everything is okay. And, you know, some really cool stuff can come when you just have faith and you just trust and lean into it or lean back into it, I guess would be the right phrase. So that's my word of the year. And Dr. Haim, Dr. King came up with his word of the year, which is, this is his first year doing it. And I think it was good that he did it this year because a big move can create, it doesn't create chaos. It, I think it just reveals the places where there is opportunity for chaos in a way. Um, we're the same people we were in California, but the move has loosened and disheveled different pieces of our lives and our systems and our structures and our routines and, and our, all those things that kind of create a life. And so for him, his word is pace and his, uh, his phrase is embrace the pace. And this is a good one because in Michigan, the pace of life is much, much, much slower than California. The sense of urgency is not there. Um, it's a very different environment. You think people talk slowly. Things happen slowly. Some businesses are just going to be closed and you're not going to understand why. Um, potholes are not going to be filled. In fact, while you're complaining about one pothole, there's another one forming. So there's a lot of things in that word of the year that can be helpful in, in kind of kind of a calming, peaceful way to think about moving through life as in, you know, the pace, it's not, it's not the pace. It's the problem. It's, it's your resistance to it. And sometimes it's okay to allow, um, the pace to teach you something. And just because we want to go, 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 doesn't mean that that's what this place is here to teach us. And perhaps embracing a bit of the pace is not a bad thing. And so we're kind of like, okay, well, you know, we're definitely not going to stop, you know, pursuing our goals, but 
perhaps there's more room for paintings and fiction writing and friendships and new adventures and things like that. So that's kind of where we are. I hope that you have some word of the year or something in your in your life that you're kind of steering towards. Um, the few weeks before I figured out my word, I was a little bit at, at loose ends because I just realized I had really held on to last year's word, which was dance, which is all about, you know, kind of just being, a, you know, dancing. You can't do it wrong, but you can't stop moving. And that was a good one for me. I really enjoyed dance. So if you do have a word of the year, share it with me. I'd love to know. And maybe I'll share it on the next show. Um, what else? Oh, I finished the book, Butts, A Backstory. Really good book. Um, it never ceases to, it, it, this is such a millennial thing to say because we, we, every generation thinks that they're so special and everything is centered around us and it's really not. And I just found so many parallels in the ebbs and flows of people's perceptions of women's bodies throughout the years from, um, people, you know, women wearing bustles back in the day to this streamlined silhouette of the flappers in the twenties going from emulating a big voluptuous backside, which is what the bustle is all about, by the way, to completely flattening your frame and, and the emergence of suddenly there was an emergence of, um, even plastic surgeries and things that were quite dangerous to create a very boyish square frame. And then, you know, the echoes of the heroin chic of the nineties into the Y2K JLo era with like the badonkadonk, bootylicious, all that. It really tied home to me how there's nothing new under the sun. Every, every era, it's like the same thing. And well, it's different beauty standards, but one thing remains and that is the control of women and the elusive idea that you are never going to be good enough. And if you are going to be good enough, it can't just be because you are the way you are. You have to actually physically hurt, harm, change, contort, whatever your body. And that's some fucking patriarchy bullshit. (laughs) And that book, although it really was interesting to me and enlightening, um, it made me mad. And it also just reinforced a lot of the ideas I've kind of had my whole life about female self-expression, what it means. And I'm lucky enough that I've never really had any sort of like body image issues or anything like that. I feel like I always kind of knew this whole thing was a trap. Even when I did like read, you know, Vogue magazine or teen 17 magazine, I knew, I knew it was a trap. I feel like I've always kind of known that. And that's largely due to my upbringing and having really strong feminist, you know, upbringing and my parents, you know, blatantly telling me like, this is objectifying women's bodies. And like, I think also having parents that worked for Mattel, that was probably a big thing because, you know, although Barbie is an awesome person who goes to space in a spacesuit and rides a horse and is a doctor and is a rock star and gets to do all these things, which is fantastic. She's also a pretty good example of this, you know, rigid ideal for women. So the book just really was perfect for me. If you are interested in anything like this and if you like random history, cause it's going to go into some history, into eugenics, into, um, race relations, into, oh my gosh, so many, just so many weird places. Um, as far back as like early humans and what, like, what is the first like human like form that had a butt and, 
it's all it's all crazy i don't know i i I think it's it's just a great book um okay what else um i think that's it for this week i'm actually going to sign off here and finish working on our music video i am excited to do our first ever lyric video like I, i can't believe we've never done one um if anyone has any suggestions for software apps whatever that you can use for post-production to do different kinds of text please let me know otherwise i'll probably just jimmy rig something in final cut pro um which will not be too hard to do but i feel like i've seen so many bands doing so many cool lyric videos as of late there's got to be something out there um and then yes quality or sparkle of the week how could i forget about the sparkle of the week Sparkle of the Week is going to now include other people's good deeds too because I've realized I have a really hard time thinking about the things I've done because I don't know. I just I just do. <laughs> not that I'm not like doing nice things, but I think sometimes I negate them and or I don't see enough people during the week, so it's like kind of hard to do. So I'm going to do a Sparkle of the Week um, that someone else has done for me. And this Sparkle of the Week goes to my new friend, Emily um, from the band, uh, Burn Mar-a-Lago who came out to our show at old Miami. And, um, I give her the sparkle of the week because not only has she been really supportive and coming out to the, you know, to my events, but she also sent me a lot of really cute, um, nudes of her wiener dogs. I asked for wiener dog nudes and she sent me about 15 photos and oh my gosh, I grew up with a wiener dog. I had a, a purebred wiener dog growing up. And then I had a, a, German Shepherd, Dachshund, Dachshund mix, and now I have a Chewini, and I cannot wait to one day have a purebred Dachshund again, even though it's like having a sports car. It's just a lot of work. Um, <laughs> nothing nothing is easy, but my God, her dogs are so sweet, and something like that is just a simple, simple pleasure, something really good and sweet to receive a text message. Please don't send me... Um, 18,000 words in a text message about how you're feeling because that is like my nightmare. Send me dog pictures, specifically wiener dog pictures. So my sparkle of the week goes to Emily. I really appreciate you. You're a nice gal and you're cool. (laughs) I made it awkward, didn't I? Um, Hopefully you'll never listen to this because that would be weird. Um, Okay. Oh yeah. So quality thought of the week. So quality of the thought of the week comes from a meme that my good friend Lindsay sent me actually on Instagram DM because that's what we do. We just DM each other memes all day like, you know, friends in 2023 do. Um, She sent me this meme because we both love The Office, you know, not shocking. Most people love The Office. Definitely not um, a unique trait. And if you don't like The Office, there's something wrong with you. Um, she sent me this meme where it's basically, it says the most underrated quote from the office and it's Andy. And I guess it's not really a meme. It was a meme, but it's not really a joke. And it's the quote, um, I wish somebody had told me that the good times are happening now. Um, you're living in the good times and just, it's so true. First of all, yes, that is a very wise and apt quote from a pretty irreverent show. But also, it's very true, and one of the things I keep trying to remind myself during this time of transition in my life, as I burp, (laughs) is that it's all in the little moments. There's mess, there's mess in the little moments, but there's also the good times, 
the good times are right now and wherever you are, um, you're in them as well. So I hope that that uh, makes you feel adequately melancholy and nostalgic, but also empowered because that means you can have the best good times ever. You just have to remember that they're happening now and enjoy them. So with that, I will leave you. Have a fact. Sparkle hard and I'll talk to you next time.